Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 442 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba, alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains. Ross, the Ottawa Senators have their work cut out for them with five games in the next seven days. They got a lot of hockey after they missed an entire week with postponements and some fresh faces. We're going to get to see where Adam Gaudet heads into this lineup and... DJ decided Timmy in the middle of the ice, not working. He's back on the wing for some reason. Pain, pain, pain. And we don't talk about the 2022 draft until the year of our Lord 2022. But after Arizona shutout victory last night over Winnipeg, the Senators now sit in dead last in points percentage. We've got all that and more coming up. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. The holidays are around the corner, and finding the perfect gift can be tricky. Omaha Steaks makes it easy to send friends and family an unforgettable gift guaranteed to be loved. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter NHL into the search bar to order the perfect gift package. This is the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day. Today is Tuesday, November 30th in Pilsy. There's certainly a calm before the storm feeling here as five games in the next seven games starting tomorrow when Ottawa hosts Vancouver. But what the hell did Timmy do to lose his spot at center over the last couple games? Yeah, I don't like this move by DJ here, uh, Ross. And we can pull up the lines in just a second. But man, I think I feel like everyone who was watching those games was like, Timmy up the middle is so much better. He's getting involved in the play. He's skating well. It um, kind of complements his skills better than the battles up against the boards. And he can use the middle of the ice and he can transition the puck better. Sure, he's not in the face-off dot, so he's not really taking on the full responsibilities of a center. But I thought he was much better positioned in the center of the ice rather than back to the wing. And then move him back to the wing. But then he puts him, DJ puts Stutzla Paul and Brown as a line together when I think collectively we can all agree that that line has not been great and they haven't been able to shut down other teams and they haven't been able to score that much either. Is that their shutdown line? Like- Absolutely. I think any any line that has the combination of Nick Paul and Connor Brown on it is classified as their shutdown line. Yeah, I'd say. Well, why is Tim Stutzel on a shutdown line? Shouldn't you be doing everything you can to help him create offense? Absolutely. Yeah. And I've said it before, like, all the kind of harping on Timmy's defense, that's fine. He does need to work on his defense. He's a young kid in the NHL. But if you're putting so much pressure on him defending, then you're not giving him any time to shine offensively. You're just you're bringing the defense up to around an average level, but you're bringing the offense down to an average level. Whereas why not, why not heighten his offense and try to get him going here and put him with other offensive players if he's going to be on the wing, definitely. Like, Tim Stutzla was brought to this team to score goals, not to shut down other teams' top lines. And that's how he's being used now. And I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense. 
I don't think so either. It's unfortunate that that seems to be DJ's clutch. And we know that Connor Brown and T- Nick Paul have had great chemistry in the past, both internationally and with the Ottawa Senators. You think of them shorthanded last year. By the way, Ottawa yet to score a shorthanded goal this year after, I want to say they led the league, if not second. I know Connor Brown himself led the league individually yeah. in shorthanded goal scoring last year, but they really haven't been able to create anything shorthanded, let alone on the power play in recent games too. But when you look at what's going on with, with the whole lineup, and let, let's pull it up right now without further ado because there's a lot going on. We didn't even have much time. There's so much else to get into on yesterday's Locked On Senders. If you missed that, we discussed Brandon Lemieux biting Brady Kachuk twice, his yeah. hearing today at 3 p.m. So expect that news to come out about 5 o'clock, if not a little later. We'll have that for you at Send Central on Twitter. Again, you can follow the show there. You can subscribe on YouTube as well. We really appreciate everyone making Locked On Senators their first listen of the day. So I'm going to run through these lineup for anyone just listening to today's show. And Pilsy, we discussed Tim Stutzla to the wing. I want to get your second biggest takeaway after I rhyme these off. So, Drake Batherson, out of COVID protocol, right back to his usual spot on the top line right wing beside Josh Norris and Brady Kachuk. Second line, Nick Paul at center with Stutzla and Connor Brown. The third line, newcomer, Adam Gaudette, getting a chance in the middle of the ice between Alex Formanton and Zach Sanford. And the fourth line, little confusion here, TSN 1200 retweeting out the lines three separate times to get this right, but... We believe it's Dylan Gambrell at center with left wing Chris Tierney and Austin Watson. That leaves Tyler Ennis as the odd man out on defense. Shabbat, Zub, Mete Zaitsev, and Holden with Lassie Thompson. Looks like he'll make a return after being a healthy scratch in Los Angeles. That leaves Del Zotto on the sidelines, Pilsy. Yeah, there's a lot to get into here, Ross. I think my second biggest takeaway is why is Tyler Ennis... (laughs) finding himself as the odd man out in this situation. I mean, sure, he hasn't been amazing, but he's every time he's out there, I feel like I notice him. He's like a little water bug out there. He's working hard. And I feel like you need a guy like Tyler Ennis in this lineup to try to boost scoring. And he was good on the second power play unit. Like, really, Ross, what I would do here is put Tierney to the center uh, position on that fourth line take Gambrell out and have Ennis as your winger. And then you got Ennis, Tierney, and Watson. Now, right. Austin Watson, he's been a guy... He's still finding his legs. We've praised a lot, but I don't know. I think maybe he he hasn't found his legs yet. So get him in a couple more games to try to find it, I guess. But he would have been the odd man out for me. But also, I've said about Gambrell as well. Nothing. I'm not noticing anything about him. So to take him out of the lineup wouldn't change any dynamic, in my opinion. So really, he should be the odd man out, if anyone. And when we discussed the reason why they lost their last game, they had a five-minute power play. And yes, caveat, Kachuk unavailable for the first four minutes of it. And And no Batherson. And no Batherson. Those are big. We can't hide away from those facts. But even still, that second power play unit we discussed yesterday... Tyler Ennis is the only person we would have kept on that, <laughs> yet he's the guy out. So now what Scratch. do they do here? Although you've got your two big horses up on that first unit, so maybe things shake out a little bit better. But when Gambrell's out there in a must-score situation on a power play at the end of the game, down a goal, that's not no. how I'd like to see it. And also, so two of those guys from that second power play unit are gone because Delzato's at a True. lineup. 
as well. Lassie Thompson, and he scored a goal. <laughs> I know. Oh my god. It, he, he's actually got the most points per game for any Senators defenseman this season, but the work in his own end clearly deserving of uh, of being able to line up. Although you could say the same for Nikita Zaitsev and Victor Mete. Victor Mete is a dash 10 in 13 games this yeah, year. I, I, I'm done with Victor Mete. Like, it, thanks thanks for coming out. Thanks for a free waiver wire pickup. Thanks for helping Alex Formanton uh, pay rent. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't, there's not a whole lot that Mete is doing now that uh, that has really given me much hope or, or need for him to be in this lineup, to be honest. Is there a bigger juxtaposition then Shabbat and Zub, and then Mete and Zaitsev right behind it. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, the drop-off is insane. Like, that is, you you could go cliff diving with that drop-off, Ross. And, uh, but at least, at least DJ put Thompson back in the lineup. Now, I mean. Yes. <laughs> Never deserved to come out. Yeah, it's tough to give credit when this is a situation that we shouldn't be talking about and he should have stayed in the lineup the whole time. Although, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Maybe he needed a break or something, or I don't know, mm-hmm. but. It's great to have Thompson back in the lineup. At least that's one bright spot where you're like, all right, here's uh, here's a prospect that's going to be making strides and uh, improving, and hopefully he can help this decor out in years to come. But uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, let's uh, we we're bearing a lead also. Newcomer Ooh. Adam Gaudet. Sure. Let's get into that. How do you like that line, Ross? I don't mind it at all. I, I mean, I, I can't say I've seen much of Adam Gaudet play. Over, over the last uh, several months, probably the last time I noticed him was in Vancouver. So I haven't really followed him yeah, through yeah. Chicago at all. But you know the skill set's there, right? He's a, he's a shoot-first center. And clearly at lower levels, he's been able to light the lamp. Even that one kind of taste pre-COVID when he had uh, a good opportunity and, and produced with the, uh, with the Vancouver Canucks. But I just don't see it as a, a game-changing type player. And that's what the Senators need more of right now. Game breakers. Now, can he potentially help? Maybe. This is a guy who scored since the bubble. So two full, well, one full season, give or take. And he's been healthy scratch a bunch. So he hasn't even played that many games. But he's got six goals in his last like 45 games. So for a shoot first guy, maybe you hope uh, you get a little bit more. But I think Sens fans are going to like him. He's a hardworking guy. I will say I believe he will be more noticeable than Dylan Gambrell. Yep. They traded a, I mean, seventh round pick, but still gave up an asset for. Whereas Gaudet, free waiver wire pickup. I think that, uh, I think we might see a little more of him. And I like who he's playing with. I think that you're going to get two guys who are hungry on the four check and can go separate pucks. So maybe they create a little extra space for Gaudet to move around it. Yeah, and I mean that third line needs to get going here, right? Like the yes. the depth for the Ottawa Senators, they need to find something. So. I like that line a lot as well. Like I, I've been praising Sanford lately and um, he's had the results to back it up. And then Formanton, that's that's a guy I've been targeting, waiting to see him finally get things clicking. And I think if you get a guy like Gaudette and then Sanford, like you mentioned, like these are these are guys that are going to be able to move the play up the ice. Formanton can just use his speed and hopefully they can generate some offense together. But I'm very interested in what Gaudette uh, can bring to this team. And I think... He's one of those guys where there's some untapped potential and he just maybe the relationship with the coach or he wasn't getting the right breaks at the right time to get the opportunities because it's really not that far removed. His 33 point season with uh, Vancouver, that was 2019, 2020. So it's it's right there in the rear view mirror. And with two COVID seasons getting in the way, it can be hard to, to find your groove and get back to that. So hopefully he can do that here in Ottawa. Undercover um, 
asset to this whole Gaudette pickup off of waivers is just like Victor Mete last year. Even though he's in the final year of his contract, he's a restricted free agent. So yeah, Ottawa true. will still have control going forward if they so choose to qualify him at the end of the year. But let's see if the Massachusetts native can get a little chemistry with Zach Sanford. I think they grew up maybe uh, pretty pretty close by, and I'm sure they have a relationship just from growing up in the Boston area and being the exact same age, both 25 years old. I think the Senators might be trying to set a record for most American players on their team. Like, how many... Do we have even like Drake Batherson? Yeah, Canadian, but still born in the States. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to count that or if that's a little bit too much. But you've got Kachuk, Norris, Gaudette, Sanford, Gambrell, Watson. Um, that's that's a pretty big chunk of, of your players, no? Yeah, I mean, uh, we're obviously bleeding uh, red and white over here, but it's going to be tough uh, with years coming up with all these Americans in the red, white, and blue. Then Colin, Colin White as well, and then Jake Sanderson, Tyler Clevin on their way. We will touch on the Nodak's ends in a little bit. We've also got more to get into when it comes to the world of Sens prospects. Tyler Boucher played at Madison Square Garden of all places. We'll let you know how that went for him and a whole lot more. But first, a word from a new sponsor. You heard them at the top of the show. Oh, yeah. And if you love steaks like Pilsy, every time we see each other, Pilsy, we throw an Omaha steak on the bar. You know who could use an Omaha steak package? Brendan Lemieux. How about trying some steaks, some chicken, some sausage instead of Brady Kachuk's hand? Yeah, sink some teeth into something nice and delicious this holiday season, and that's Omaha Steaks. Here's how you do it. Just go to omahasteaks.com. Check it out for yourself. Use promo code NHL in the search bar, and it'll bring you to the perfect gift package for $99.99. Listen to this. $99.99. You might think, oh, man. That's 100 bucks. They better bring me some value back. You'll get 24 entrees. Yeah. Like the world-famous bacon-wrapped filet mignon, chicken breast, sides, desserts, and so much more. When you use our code NHL, you'll also get an additional eight Omaha Steak Burgers free with your order. That's 24 entrees plus eight Omaha Steak Burgers. We've all heard the reports about shortages and shipping delays. So don't wait. Order the perfect gift package today at omahasteaks.com and you'll get eight free burgers when entering the code NHL. Achieve gifting greatness with Omaha Steaks. Incredible flavor, incredible value, and 100% guaranteed. omahasteaks.com, keyword NHL. That's omahasteaks.com, keyword NHL. All right, Pilsy, before we get in to some more sense prospect talk, we're going to finish off the show and have a little fun. But first, fun. Woo. Chris Traveler, <laughs> I got to pull this up right on uh, on the separated at birth file because Chris Traveler, great friend of the show, Send Central Citizen, all the way out in Dubai when we had him on. That's one worth going back and listening. We've got to have Chris back on the show. But when you saw the photo he posted yesterday, did you not immediately say, what's Daniel Alfredson doing in Istanbul? I, immediately, that was my first thought, not going to lie. And then I saw his Chris Traveler, and I was like, oh, that makes sense now. A, a, a worldly traveler posting that, and it's not actually Daniel Alfredson. But damn, if you guys are watching on YouTube, it's close. Like, 
we need a graphic designer to put that style of hat on Alfie. And then I think it's, <laughs> it's almost impossible to tell. So shout out Chris Traveler. Good looking dude. Absolutely. A complete beauty. Um, another kind of transitioning back from happiness to depression. <laughs> the Arizona Coyotes had a 46 save shutout last night. Phil. From a goalie who I cannot pronounce his name. That's why I said the team got the shot. <laughs> Good call. That's a journalist. Uh, that's a savvy move there. Ron. Respect the biz. Exactly. But with that, it is a momentous time for the Coyotes getting, what, their fifth, sixth maybe? Sixth win of the season? Um, Whatever it is. Their, their point percentage. They played five more games. They're 5-15-2. Well, they've played a few more games than your Ottawa Senators. But with that win last night over the Winnipeg Jets, the Sens have the worst points percentage in the National Hockey League. And it's, yeah, and it's not like, really close. We were holding on to the games in hand and points percentages for a while there, Ross. Now we've got nothing to hold on to. There is nothing. no stat that takes the Ottawa Senators out of 32nd place. No, I got one stat that makes them not the worst team in the league right now. And that's the New York Islanders have lost eight games in a row. And for all the talk from the Islanders, they were like, why are we starting on a 13-game road trip? This is insane. Well, their new building wasn't ready. They go into their new building. They lose their first four games, 0-4 in their new building. I know. I feel sad for the Islanders fans because that's that's a result of COVID, right? And now they've had games postponed because yeah. of the, the COVID protocol. But, man, you want to you wanna bring in a new barn with a win, especially, I think, was the first? No, it wasn't against the Rangers, but they have played the Rangers there, and I think they lost. I think the first game was against Philly or Boston in that new arena, and right. they lost that one as well. But uh, yeah, that's too bad if you're an Islanders fan. Finally, finally getting a permanent home, and it uh, is opened up like that. It's too bad the Senators, and no disrespect, happy to have Ridley Gregg on the program, but just like Ottawa when they did the Carlson trade, they deferred the first round pick a couple of years. Imagine Ottawa done that with the Islanders, and then you're looking at a situation where you're in the lottery again. Um, we don't talk about the draft. I have to keep reminding myself because uh, we're, we're almost at 2022. I can't believe tomorrow's December already. And we think that February will be a good time to open that can of worms because the World Juniors will be done. Of course, we'll keep an eye on the top prospects at the World Juniors, but we're mostly going to be U.S. sends. U.S. sends A when it's going to be the Jake Sanderson, Tyler Clevin show, which we do have some news on both those guys. Big weekends uh, from them for different reasons uh, against Minnesota in rivalry weekend in uh, in college hockey. But that month-long break, assuming the Olympics happen, will be will be a good time to dive into that. But right now, your Ottawa Senators at 4-14-1. And, and I should pull this one up as well. I made it after the game against Los Angeles. Um, it might take me just a second to pull up here, but the Senators with the exact same record, Pilsy, as they had after 19 games. And I hope that we don't have to continue pulling up this graphic because I'm sick of updating it as well. But mm-hmm. the parallels are just too strong. At least they're consistent, I guess, right? Like uh, they weren't supposed to be consistent this year. That's the thing. We were told it was going to be different and it's much of the same here. The biggest difference is the power play's improvement over last year. But then that quickly sours your taste when the L.A. game was lost because the five-minute power play could not produce a single goal. Two shots, Pilsy, in five minutes on a man advantage at the end of a game. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's not not good enough. And I think if we're looking for some positives here, 
Drake Batherson is back in the lineup, right? That's a massive, massive boost, the leading goal scorer for this team. Didn't he have four points in his last game? He they haven't did. won since Drake's last game. They have game. not won since he's he's left. So that's some uh, silver lining to look at here. He's back on that top line, so that should provide some stability. Zub is back with Shabbat. So <laughs> the Senators have one good unit again. So yes. that's something we can look forward to. That should help the power play in uh, in return. And yeah, there's uh, there's not much much else to look forward to. I mean, another thing though we can look at is the next opponent is the Vancouver Canucks. Who, other Ooh. than the Arizona Coyotes, I don't think there's a more favorable well, or New York Islanders. I don't think there's a more favorable opponent right now to catch them as they're running down that hill and uh, things are just negative, negative over in Vancouver. So hopefully the Sens can capitalize on it and get a morale boost here because Lord knows we need it. We're getting a lot of responses on Twitter to the line combinations today. People are not happy with Tim Stutzla moving to the wing. People are not happy with Paul and Brown staying together because it's been proven. I uh, See, I don't mind Paul and Brown staying together. It's just Nick Paul as a second-line center can't be happening. It's just not working. It's not fair to the guy, I think. No, I don't think it's fair to him at all. A contract yeah. year for him as well. And yeah. you got to think just based on usage that he's going to get a raise, make it $1.2 million right oh, now. Oh, absolutely, he'll get a raise. Yeah, but I... But yeah, that sucks. This is a big year for him. and for, for a centerman, right? Facilitating is a pretty big part. Getting your wingers involved. No assists in 18 games. Yeah, and it just... It, has, it hasn't worked out for him. He he needs to be a third or fourth line guy. And he's averaging 17 minutes and 41 yeah, seconds. It's, it's too much. It's too much. I love, too much. I love Nick Paul. He does it all. But like he's <laughs> he does it all. He's but he's doing too much. Doing it all. He's doing too much. <laughs> so we need to we need to shrink that down a bit. I think, yeah, if you can get him on a fourth line role where he's also penalty killing and he's coming in at, uh, you know, big shutdown defensive moments like at the end of the game. Uh, other teams got their goalie pulled, that kind of stuff. Like, still utilize him in important situations, but I don't think he can be a centerman, and I don't think he can be a second-line centerman, especially when your slumping, offensive, young superstar can't score, and he's stuck with a guy that can't facilitate, like you mentioned. It's tough, tough sledding right now for not only Nick Paul, but lots of players on this team who you just expected a little bit more of or a step forward or at least something to give you a little bit more hope. But that hasn't been the case. However, hope is a plenty down in Belleville. We'll finish off the show discussing Matt Murray and the latest on what the plan is for him in Belleville. Troy Mann spoke to the media yesterday, and every time I hear Troy Mann, I can see him behind Ottawa's bench one day. That's inspiring, eh? Like, just hearing him talk, it's like, this guy has his shit together, you know? He's got it under control. He has a plan. And he's a very good, well-spoken coach. Very good communicator. And I I do appreciate that about Troy Mann. Quickly, before we hit this next break, Tyler Boucher gets on the board. And the haters will say it was with a minute left, down three goals. And it is a seeing-eye shot from the point. But I'm going to take a more positive spin He's playing at Madison Square Garden. That's a big stage against a really good Cornell team. And his Boston University team, they lost Trevor Zegras before last season, and they haven't been the same since. This is not Brady Kachuk. I mean, that's a big loss, yeah. There's just too many guys out of the lineup. There's not many top prospects there. He's the highest draft pick on the team, but he's also one of the youngest players on the team, a freshman who only played 13 games last year because 
of knee injury. And this guy, he was still running around making a couple hits, and great to see him get on the score sheet. And then with Jake Sanderson, he makes his return, didn't do much on Friday night, went off a big-time illness, no surprise. It takes him a little while to get back in. But Pilsy, that secondary assist on Saturday when Nodak got the win, unreal. Yeah, I mean, it's Jake Sanderson just smooth, and he's he's able to just read the offensive zone and plan two steps ahead of everyone else. Like, he's already he knows where he's going to be three seconds into the future, and the other team just cannot, uh, they can't handle it. And that was a nice, smooth play by Jake Sanderson, and you love to see that he's feeling it again after that illness. Thank God, right? Because if... If he had come back and it hadn't gone smoothly right away, then all of a sudden fans will start wondering, oh, was that just luck at the start? But this was an absolute beauty toe drag right around the defender, backhand pass down low, and it's in the back of the net. Now with Tyler Clevin, however, we know he likes to play physical, and he had a huge K-train level hit in the game against Minnesota, but another play right in front of the net, he kind of cross-checked the guy in the face. He can't do that. He gets a five-minute major, kicked out of the game, that's his second game misconduct of the year, Pilsy, and that means the next one will result in a game suspension. How can, can you think he'll he can do a better job of playing on the line without crossing it? Kind of the Ridley Gregg experience. Yeah, well, first off, it needs to be mentioned the line is at a different area for each league, right? Like if you're if you're with the Brandon Wheat Kings, the line might be let's see if I can get this right here. Yeah. But if you're Tyler Clevin in college, it's it's farther back. Like, you can't push the limits as much, right? No, like, any sort of head contact. And when I was at the game in North Dakota, I was I was almost shocked. But they, they do it, is they review penalties, and they are very happy to make them a major. Yeah, and I don't have a problem with that. Like, when, when these are kids uh, playing, and a lot of them are, are there for an education, also playing hockey, not just hockey first. Uh, I don't mind that they're very strict on uh, the penalties and safety is a number one measure here. But if you're a guy like Tyler Clevin where your bread and butter is playing physical and playing a mean, tough game, he's going to have to, in the college level, find a way to reel that in a bit because it's not good for your development if you're spending time uh, in the press box because of suspensions. So that's something he's going to have to figure out. However... I don't want him to change his game too much, though, Ross. Like, obviously, I don't want him cross-checking guys in the face no matter what league you're in. But as far as, uh, (laughs) you know, uh, edge and a physicality level that you want, I only want him to dial it back a little bit because I want him to still have that edge and still learn how to play responsibly while being physical when he comes up into pro level. So I'm I'm not too concerned about it right now if uh, that's kind of the overall wrap-up of that statement. More concerned, I would imagine, with your parlay of the Mm. day, which continues to struggle along. If you're fading Pillsy, you might be a millionaire by now. But the key is that you're in the action responsibly at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is the number one sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And for good reason, you can bet all your props over unders. Get your plays in at betonline.ag. And because you're a listener of Locked On Senators, you're entitled to a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's 55-0% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So when you do that, you'll have some free play money to have some fun to either fade or follow Pillsy's Parlay. Do you have one today or are we going to take the day off? 
Well, I took the day off yesterday and said I was going to tweet out the parlay. Um, it's a mystery whether that parlay won or not. So we'll um, that's a, mm. we'll put that as a tie in in that parlay. I'm taking I'm taking the night off here. I don't see too many games I love, but uh, we're going to get back into action when the Sens play tomorrow. Big schedule coming up for the Sens. We'll get into that and Matt Murray. But Bet Online is the number one sportsbook locked on podcast network. And you, we want you in the action responsibly, of course. So don't sit on the sidelines and use our promo code locked on. Promo code locked on gets you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Pilsy, still a little Matt Murray talk to get into, but pulling it up at the bottom if you're watching on YouTube. The busy stretch coming up for the Ottawa Senators starts tomorrow at home versus Vancouver. Then they travel to Carolina for the second half of a back-to-back. Then they've got one day off before Colorado. So they've And got- McKinnon will probably be back for that Colorado game. Yes, he's game. expected oh. to be back. But Ottawa, I believe it's got to be the Islanders' first or second game back from their COVID pause when they play them on the 7th. And then because Ottawa's COVID situation had games postponed, the Senators are at New Jersey on the 6th. So five games in seven days, two sets of back-to-backs, and in both of them, there's travel in between. That's a tough stretch whether you're the number one team or the number 32 team in the league. So how do you expect the Senators to best play on this uh this kind of grueling stretch here i i don't know like looking at these um these games on the schedule ross like the only one i think they really have a chance here is vancouver and then new jersey you hope to at least be competitive and then the new york islanders you're hoping to catch them like you mentioned on a downtime when they're they're coming off a week or so without being on the ice or playing any games so like carolina and colorado yeah though those are going to be tough, especially Carolina on the second half of a back-to-back here. And then Colorado um, with McKinnon back, oof, look out. Hey, they played a very entertaining game in Colorado. That was probably the most fun I had watching any of the games on that road trip. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of fun. <laughs> they only lost 7-5. to five. You know, uh, Ross, you know, verbal meme here. We need uh, the Dave Chappelle meme where, and it's like, y'all got any more Dallas Stars? Yeah. <laughs> no, we would love to see the Dallas Stars again. I know. I wouldn't like to see those jerseys. I know you like them, but. I like them, yeah. Anyways, I don't. Know, I'm glad we don't see those Kings helmets anymore. Those are god awful. Like I'll I, I like what Vegas did. Vegas, it works. It's Vegas, and they're the Golden Knights. But with the Kings, that didn't work. Nice try, though. I liked it better than the uh, than the Stars jerseys. But we'll leave it neither here nor there. We've got an All Canadian matchup tomorrow. We're gonna have a full preview of that on tomorrow's Locked On Senators. We've got a uh, Send Central Citizen, which we don't know whether we're gonna do it tomorrow or Thursday. We'll keep. All right, for that. And I think we can tease Friday's interview already. He's a good guy. And if not, if he bails, then we're putting him on the spot. So pressure's yeah, on. It's up to you. You're you're the <laughs> you're the guy that's gotten burned uh, on the teases. Before, I know. So I'll and that big guess that we always teased. I mean, situation with the Senators right now is pretty bleak. And I understand why they maybe don't want one of their leaders talking to uh, a show. That's fine. COVID situation involved. I think later in the year, I'm gonna I'm gonna give them some space right now. Yeah, the you Sens know, need space. The yes. Senators, they need some space right now. That's okay. We'll, we'll give it to them, and we'll have a full preview of the Vancouver game tomorrow. Brett Wallace is going to join the show from Wally Mathot on Friday's Locked On Senators. Pilsy, before that, though, the Belleville Sens. Yes, they're winners of 7 of 9, but they've got their toughest test of the season coming up tomorrow. 
Do you think Matt Murray will be in goal? The Senators are in Utica. Do you know what Utica's record is this year? No. They are number one in the AHL. They are 15 and one. 15 and one. They've scored 62 goals in 16 games and they've allowed 30. It seems a wagon. That's all the AHL players in the Devils system thanking them for moving them out of bingo. <laughs> Get us out of bingo and we'll perform. Yep. Oh, man. That's, well, that's pretty impressive, though. I, I pulled that up for the first time a minute ago. I was like, that Whoa. is very impressive. Yeah. And I think where you were going with this is, is Matt Murray going to play in that game? Yes. And my answer would be no. I don't think you get him in that game quite yet. Stogie's uh, got to play that. Yeah, he's, gotta, he's, he's been their guy all year and his no- latest numbers are unbelievable. You got to get Sogard in that game. And also you want to give Matt Murray some time to uh, get used to his new environment and all that yep. kind of stuff. And I did want to talk more, a little bit more about Matt Murray. So I'm glad we, we brought it up. I mean, geez. But before we get into that, I just want to touch on a couple of the players for Utica. And you know who one of them is here? And I think he's inactive. I think, yeah. Or no, he's a rookie. He's, he is down in the minors right now. Alexander Holtz, remember from yeah. the 2020 draft? He's got six goals in seven games down with Utica their top score is uh actually not many people would know but 14 points in eight games is uh is pretty impressive this Utica team is a uh, a squad for sure here and no longer a uh, a Vancouver affiliate as you mentioned they're now with the New Jersey Devils but sorry to cut you off there Matt Murray yeah I think so I obviously I try to have a lot of sympathy for Matt Murray and there's still a lot of time left on this deal so I'm trying to find some positive I'm trying not to to cut things down uh, so soon but man rethinking it yesterday it is like I was just trying to think like how are the senators going to mend this relationship like how does this relationship come to a point where they both feel comfortable and both of them both sides have the same goal and want to support each other you know what I mean like I feel like at this point now Matt Murray probably feels very ostracized. He probably feels embarrassed, honestly. He probably feels like his teammates aren't sticking up for him. His coach isn't certainly isn't sticking up for him. And now he's got to go down to Belleville and he's got to figure his game out here. And it's a big public image here. So, and especially if he feels and if he said that he thinks he's being used as, as a scapegoat, it's going to be real tough to mend this relationship. So, I don't uh, I don't know how they're going to move forward here. Like, even if Matt Murray plays well in Belleville, like, at what point do you call him up? And then at what point do you uh, get him back in NHL games? What's the relationship between him, him and DJ? Like, what's the relationship between him and the goalie coach? I don't know what's going on there. Because Zach Burke must have signed off on them sending, sending him down. down. Oh, right? Sure. There's no for way sure. they would do that without his opinion. So that's an awkward situation. And... Yeah, I just feel like if you're Matt Murray, like you're not too stoked to put on an Ottawa Senators jersey again. So I think the biggest issue here is going to be that relationship moving forward. And I think that this could be kind of salt in the wound that we don't see go away. And that's going to be a major issue because Matt Murray's a a confidence-reliant goalie. And if he's not confident in his coach and doesn't feel like the team supports him, I don't know how well he's going to play. No, Troy Mann was, I love Troy Mann. I love the way he discussed this Murray situation. I would encourage everyone to go to Belleville Sens Twitter. Uh, they posted the video of this where he just said, we're treating him like another player. Like we had a great talk with him, him and Justin Peters. Yep. And it's just a situation where he's got to just come in and be one of the guys and work and earn your spot. And 
earn your way back. He doesn't care that he's making $6 million. It's not Troy Mann's job. Troy Mann's job was to turn around the ship, a team that was brutal at the start of the year and has now really started to figure it out as they get more reinforcements back as well. Logan Shaw, they've got their Parker Kelly. Finally, Parker Kelly's back. Igor's got eight points in four games since going up and getting his taste of NHL hockey. Like, There's so many good storylines, and Matt Murray cannot, and I'm assuming he does not, want to be a distraction. So he's just got to fit in. Be one of the guys. Mando got sent down to Atlanta, which is tough to see. Great I, that he got one more game in, though, at least, because he's been playing well at the AHL level, too. I don't mind Mando going down to the ECHL. And this goes back to my conversation with Marcus Hogberg when I interviewed him when he was in the ECHL with Brampton Beast. And he said that, and we've heard it before, I think it was Brian, was it Brian Boucher that was telling us that when goalies are sent down to the ECHL, that's when you really figure out what they've got. Because there is little to no defensive structure. The rebound, like that game I watched, the Brampton Beast games, the rebound control for uh, defensemen is brutal. Like they don't cover their, uh, there's no gap control. They don't box out very well. So like if you're a goalie down on the East Coast, you got to rely on yourself for a lot of things. So it helps you plan the game a little bit better and not rely on your defenders. And I think it's going to be a good chance for him to also kind of feel like I'm the guy in Atlanta for a little bit. That's going to be a nice feeling for him. And then he can come up to Belleville with some new experience and some new confidence too. So I don't think it's the worst thing that Mando's going down to Atlanta. I mean, that's where we had him pegged to start anyways, right? So I don't think it's a big deal. That's fair. And we'll see how he does down there with the Atlanta Gladiators. They put out a post saying, welcome to the A. And it's like, ah, he actually just got sent down from the A. But they're calling it it Atlanta uh, the A in this this situation. Okay, we'll finish off DJ Smith talking to the media right now. And couple things. Like, I don't know what I would expect him to say otherwise, saying this is a quote courtesy TSN 1200. It's so easy to point the finger, so easy to be negative. So many people looking to blame. We are struggling for sure, but we are going to be positive and get to work. Like I guess that's not really much there, but also kind of a bit of a lack of accountability too, right? Like yeah. I, I don't I don't expect him to throw individuals under the bus, but unless it's Matt Murray. I know. See, and that's I, that's I think that's the problem that I had the most. Why I'm kind of why I'm kind of sticking my feet in the ground and sticking up for Matt Murray is what a crap move for a goalie to for a coach to single out his goalie like that and a guy that you know is is trying to find his way on this team. He's got a lot of expectations, and then just to sh- chop him down like that after We're, his first game back from covid like I, yeah, i'm, I'm like, on the side on. that he deserved to be sent down before he was put on the covid uh list there but i i do see it it's a scapegoat but also deserved if that makes any sense sort of but i mean he's played in 5 games like 6 6 and he got hurt in the other one right like i don't know like but I, yeah you can't pick a scapegoat for a guy that's only played in uh, what like 6 of 19 uh, games of 22 like they're no no no, they're 19 19. yeah 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 so he's played in a third of the games and it's his fault you've only won four games all year I don't I just I didn't like the singling out I think that's what really struck me because as a goalie like obviously I didn't play in high levels or anything but as a goalie if you if you saw or if your coach is putting everything on you the first thing you're like is like well fine like I guess I got to score all the goals. I got to, I guess I got to kill penalties. I got to be on the power play. Like I have to do it all for this coach to have any uh, trust in me. So I just, that's a terrible move by a coach to single out a goalie like that. And it's a terrible move for the GM not to even talk to the player. The GM, 
Man. We just have we have breaking moves right now. Ian Mendez just tweeted out, and I'm sure there's an article to follow at The Athletic. Yeah. Quote, I just had a long conversation with Matt Murray in Belleville. He's remarkably upbeat, but one thing is clear from our conversation. He was not thrilled with the way his demotion was handled by the organization. He says he still hasn't had a conversation with Pierre Doriel. Is yeah. Pierre Doriel alive? This guy is the happiest and re- most ready to be hyper hyperbolic Remember oh, yeah. the hugs and, and high fives he was getting for Alex Burrows and now we're a team and then this and that. He's so the proudest day of GM. And then now that the, the shit's hitting the fan again, nothing. He's in a bunker. And where's Pierre Maguire? The whole reason or one of the reasons he was hired was to be a mouthpiece for this team because he's comfortable doing that. And yeah, like for Pierre Maguire, a guy who uh, Ian referenced this in his article, a guy who went on TSN 1200 every single day for like 20 goddamn years and he hasn't talked to them like once in the last couple months. I don't know. That's some, I don't, I don't want to say coward like, but it sort of is like you got to face the music here and you can't just keep letting DJ and Brady have to face the music here. So the Pierre's got to figure something out and they need to take on some accountability here. And I mean, we'd heard the stories from Mike McKenna, right? Similar situation when he was kind of cast away and just, you gotta be classy, man. Like, ah, that's, it sucks. All right. Well, hopefully apathy hasn't kicked in. (laughs) Uh, We're, we're, we're doing our best here to have some fun and, and alongside it, but it is, uh, it is a tough well, look right now. We However, can't sugarcoat things so much. Like, but it's it's like a, a drama that that you see where it's like, what's going to happen next? Like, at some point, Pierre Doria has to address the media. No, at some point, I would have thought the Matt Murray being sent down would be that point, right? Like, what else? What is a bigger move that can happen than that? I don't know. Maybe the next waiver wire, because that's clearly the bargain bin that the Senators keep going back to um, when it comes. So. I don't know if this is an organizational decision. Maybe it even goes above Pierre Dorian's head. Yeah, Who knows? totally. But yep, that could be you, true. You think the guy could at least have a conversation with a player he signed to a $25 million contract and then sent down 12 months later. Yeah. That, that blows That's the thing. Mind. You stick your neck out and you sign that contract and then it doesn't go bad and you hide in your shell and, uh, oh, not my fault. Like, no, can't happen. We, we, have, we have way too, too much more to get into on this. We're going to save some of it for tomorrow's show. It's a game day for both the Ottawa and Belleville Senators. Mm-hmm. So we will discuss whether or not we see Matt Murray in that game. We'll talk about what Ian heard from Matt Murray today. And how can the Senators finally get a win? They finished November with one win, Pilsy. One win. Yes, there was a COVID pause in there. But Thank they you. finished one 10 and one in November. One, 10 and one. So goodbye, good night, November. We're into December and we'll be back tomorrow for a full preview of that starting game against the Vancouver Canucks. But for today, we say goodbye. Thanks so much for listening, subscribing, and making Locked On Senators your first listen of the day. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team. Every day.